Welcome to The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. Here's today's moderator, Rich Brady. Welcome, and thanks for joining us again. I'm Rich Brady, Chief Executive Officer at the American Society of Military Comptrollers and your host on The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. My guest today is Michael Munson, President and Chief Customer Experience Officer at Definitive Logic. Definitive Logic is a digital transformation consultancy with over 20 years of experience supporting defense, homeland security, other government agencies, and commercial clients. Definitive Logic competes by providing objective, vendor-neutral guidance at the edge of the technological spectrum and recently acquired digital mobilizations to scale innovations at the enterprise level. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rich. It's great to be here. Thanks to you and ASMC for hosting us today. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, so today, Definitive Logic has over 250 employees uh, working over uh, 50 projects out there. Uh, but let's talk about the beginning, uh, sure. kind of the start. Uh, what's the genesis of Definitive Logic? Well, Paul Burke, we're here, our CFO, or our CEO and co-founder. He would say that uh, he started the company along with Jeremy Fisher, his partner, to really be the antithesis to the normal beltway bandit contractor, to do things differently, to be a, a, a really a disruptor in the force, uh, to support our customers, transform our customers, whether it's organizational change or digital you know, technology changes. So, and you know, over the last 20 years, we're, we're getting there. So. Did it start out as a pure play IT uh, company? Or? Absolutely, yeah, we are typically, uh, it's, we'll do some strategic advisory services, uh, staff augmentation, if you will, but uh, we are really about uh, harnessing technology to transform organizations to, have, to save them time, money, and manpower. Now, I always think it's interesting how companies evolve over time from kind of where they started uh, to where they are today. Can you talk a little bit about that evolutionary process? Uh, was it a directional and that you, know, you were deciding which uh, areas of growth you want to go into, or did you just uh, respond to opportunities as they presented themselves? A little bit of both. As I'm sure most, uh, most you know, defense companies and uh, federal contractors, you start out with, with a vision, a focus where you want to make a difference, uh, which for Paul and his, his team, initial team 20 years ago, was in the programming, planning, uh, planning, programming, budget, and execution space, the FM space, if you will, very closely tied with ASMC as, as a corporate partner there. Um, and then as we started to make inroads and start to have some outcomes there, um, we started to look at where else can we solve the big hairy problems that are out there. And we started to look towards human capital, asset management, logistics supply chain management, bringing you know, low code applications, COTS applications, cloud applications to, to bear for the federal government. Uh, and at some point in time, uh, venture capital came into the picture. I believe that uh, you do have about, some VC yes, funding. About two years ago, and uh, that was a chance for a reorg, and uh, and we, we were able to, uh, to bring them on board, and with their support and their expertise guiding us, uh, we were still a small business, and uh, we were able to make an acquisition this past spring of DMI, as you mentioned, that really put us on the, on the fast track to doing some really cool stuff across the federal government. So the value that uh, the venture capital brought to you uh, was your ability to grow and expand, it sounds like. Uh, but sometimes uh, they say that whether you, when you take venture capital funding or private equity funding, it can have an effect on the culture of the organization. Did you see some cultural changes as well with that? Actually, no. There's a really cool thing about our partner, which is Blue Delta Corpor uh, Capital Partners. Um, they, they always take a minority stake. And their direction to Paul Burke um, and to the, the other leadership team was, 
We are there to support you. We've been there and done this in your shoes before. We want to mentor you and guide you. But at the end of the day, it's you know Paul Burke, Mike Monson. It's your decision. How, you know how to run the company, where to move the the chess pieces on the board. So it's they've been great. Yeah, that's great. That gives you a lot more freedom of action uh, to again to respond to the marketplace. So when you're meeting with clients today, prospective clients, uh, you know what's your 30 second pitch? Well, it's it's I think you mentioned it. We're we're here to uh, digitally transform our. Um, organizations in the federal government uh, and DOD, uh, even the private sector, we're, we're doing some state, even at state and local. Um, right now, we're at this intersection of really cool technology, whether it's har- you know, har- uh, harnessing the power of the cloud, whether it's AWS or Azure, uh, cloud native applications, COTS applications. What we really try to do is bring in, what are those Fortune 500 companies using today for those five functional domains that I mentioned? Uh, financial management, human capital, asset management, real property management, logistics and supply chain. What are they using today for their analytics platforms? How are they driving decision making using data? And we, we take those applications, whether it's BI tools, uh, full, full stack uh, technology, we do some custom .NET that we can develop. Uh, if, if there's nothing out there, we, can, we have some really smart developers that would love to get after that kind of de- development. So Great. a little more than a, a 30 second uh, <laughs> ele- elevator pitch, but uh, uh, as you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about what we do. Absolutely. So I always think it's interesting, you know, when you're talking to people in the field, you know, how you describe what you do and how you try to sell them on your business. I, I also think it's interesting, you know, looking at it from the perspective, let's say you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table and you're talking to the family. How would you describe to family members uh, what you do at Definitive Logic? Well, most of my family members uh, are taxpayers. Um, <laughs> so I say what we do is we, we try to be different. Uh, we're not there to grow our team and produce ROI for the company and for our board of directors. We're there to produce ROI for our customers, our federal customers primarily. So at the end of the day, if the applications we're developing and fielding, sustaining are not driving those outcome, outcomes and those, that ROI, saving them time, money, and man- manpower, uh, then we failed. And so right now, my job as a chief customer experience officer, I drive our PMs. Um, to what is that business case? Even before we, we win a contract, when we bid on a contract, we got to think through that business case. Well, how much is the government going to spend by bringing us on for five years or whatever it might be? And what is the outcome in the future? Are, there, are we retiring legacy systems that have been around for 49 years, like we did with the Air Force, uh, Abides, their POM and, and budget formulation system, or other things? So I, I would say to around the, uh, the kitchen table to my family and relatives, we're trying to save you money. You're trying to, you know, Take DOD and the federal government, some of the business processes out of the 1990s, give, get them off Microsoft Excel and into the 21st century and harness this, this technology. Uh, now, as you know, uh, government uh, uh, customers can be notoriously fickle. Uh, no. is, is this, <laughs> is this uh, is a strategy resonating with your customers? Do it they, is. Do they and recognize it, this? And it is. And you know what? Uh, I, I say no, and a little tongue-in-cheek, because I used to be one of those customers. I spent 24 years, like you, in military, in, in uniform, uh, 24 years as an Air Force Comptroller Financial Manager. In fact, I went to my first PDI probably uh, 1995, I think it was, out in Anaheim, California. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, we would always wish that they would make decisions more you know, uh, quickly and, and see the benefits that are there, but they have to work through their processes and uh, their acquisition strategy, et cetera. So uh, uh, it's, we're, we're getting better at that. So, uh, you know, first of all, thank you very much for your longstanding support of ASMC. We really appreciate it. Uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you mentioned digital mobilization, that recent acquisition, and what, uh, what that brings to, uh, to the team there at Definitive Logic. 
They, we, we had looked at, uh, when we brought on Blue Delta as a partner, um, they were helping us think, th think through the, uh, the acquisition process, the M&A process, uh, as we're, we, know, we, we knew we were getting ready to, to grow from a you know, small business to go, go compete with the big boys and girls in full and open. And that one of the strategies for doing that was to look at acquisition, find companies out there with like values, um, with like visions, but bring something that complements you. And they bring that with their way of delivery, their way of looking at solutioning from an organizational standpoint and, and road mapping to take an organization from status quo where they are today to their vision in the future. And, um, and one, of the, one of the things that they also brought was a contract vehicle called AFSDS, Air Force Strategic Transformation Solutions. They were, one of, they were one of the five primes on this contract vehicle, along with the uh, other big four, Booz Allen, Deloitte, KPMG, and Accenture, and they're holding their own against them. And so now, combining with our forces, we're over 300 and some people now. Uh, I think almost 80 projects across both companies. Um, we're, we're really excited about what we do in the future. So their expertise, as I understand, is in scaling uh, to the enterprise level. Why is scaling uh, so notoriously difficult uh, in, in government? Well, it's uh, once once you find that uh, that maverick that really wants to get after change and get after it today. Oftentimes, they're not there long enough to see it through because you know, as you know, when we were in government and military, uh, we were lucky to get to be someplace for two or three years. Um, after that, it's on to the next challenge, right? So there's always you know one step forward, two steps back sometimes. So you really to really scale from an enterprise IT or transformational you know perspective. You really need a champion that's going to be there for the long term and see that through. And uh, obviously you see that with what, um, uh, what they're bringing uh, to the table with their expertise in scaling. Um, uh, do you have any success stories yet uh, or probably too early to tell at this point? They do have some. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll keep those under wraps for now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they do. They, they are, they're transforming today. Uh, National Defense University, uh, Air Force, OSI, Office of Special, Special Investigations and several other ongoing contracts. Uh, we just wanted another one that we're excited to help the Army transform, but uh, uh, we, we don't celebrate wins, we celebrate outcomes. When, when, at the end of the day, we can, stake a, you know, we can put a stake in the, the heart of a, a dying system that's been around for 30 years and is just sucking the resources from a legacy standpoint. That's when our developers and our program managers get really excited, when we, when we finally have that outcome. Yeah, that's bringing not only, as you said, value to uh, to the customer, but also to the taxpayer. Absolutely. It's keep, important to keep that uh, front of mind. So at the end of the day, what's, uh, then you, you look at your strategy, you look at this recent acquisition, what's your, you know, you're in a very competitive landscape. What is your competitive advantage? Um, well, we're, we're, uh, we're all in, right? Yeah. Um, so now that we just crossed over from small business to full and open last, last fall, it's been about nine months. Um, we're all in and everything. So every contract that we take on, and sometimes we walk away, we, we don't even bid on things that, uh, that we don't think make sense to the customer. We've done that um, actually along with DMI. We looked at, at uh, there's a federal customer that wanted something that uh, to us, it just made no sense. Uh, it's really, it's, you're wasting taxpayer dollars by doing that. We don't want any part of that. Um, so we'll, we knew bid that. So we don't, you know, we don't, uh, we wouldn't bid on things unless we think we can really make a difference. And so we don't have any, you know, dollar goals or anything like that. We don't want to be a, we don't have any goals to be a thousand person organization or, a, you know, a two billion dollar. It's, it's, would take every day, 
as it comes, every day is another chance to, uh, to produce an outcome and ROI for a customer. It sounds like a very successful strategy thus far. It's, it's, work, it's, a, it's a work in progress. It's, uh, I mean, there's always room for improvement, right? right. There's always ways to, uh, to get everybody on board, everybody rowing the boat in the same direction, and it, which is always hard with turnover. Uh, as you bring on new people, people leave for other great opportunities, which is, which is you know, around this area. It's, it's a war for talent, right, in the D.C. area, especially technology. Uh, when people have a way to uh, a chance to better themselves and go on to an AWS or Azure or, or some other big company, and um, that's great. Maybe they'll come back someday and share their lessons learned, but uh, it, it's a success all the way around. Great. We're going to get into some of that uh, momentarily. You're listening to the Business of Defense on Federal News Network. We'll be right back. The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org. Welcome back to the Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. I'm talking with Michael Munson, President and Chief Customer Experience Officer at Definitive Logic, a consultancy focused on developing, deploying, and supporting digital and financial transformation for government and commercial clients. Michael, uh, earlier you talked a little bit about uh, your experience uh, in the Air Force. Uh, first of all, thank you very much uh, for your service. Uh, absolutely, thank you. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your transition uh, out of the Air Force uh, and how you? What was your path to Definitive Logic? Uh, that's always something when when military folks spend over twenty years doing something, and uh, it's always kind of a little soul searching. What do we want to do when I grow up, right? So I wasn't quite sure, um, but I did wake up one day thinking that uh, it's time to do something different. And so in 2015, we retired out of the Pentagon, uh, out of the, uh, what, what the Air Force calls the engine room, uh, producing the, the POM and the President's budget, integrating that, defending that on the Hill. Um, and so I was looking down the government service track and also looking corporate. Um, and then they, uh, I had an opportunity to come up to work with a, a small software company uh, that supports mainly the Air Force acquisition community called IDS. Um, and that was a really easy transition for me. I could speak the language. Uh, a few folks that I knew from the company, and I got to go talk to my friends in my network back in the Air Force, and a few friends in the Army. Um, and then I actually, it, it kept coming across uh, DL folks, Defensive Logic folks, at ASMC events, whether it was the PDI or different events at the chapter meetings here in DC, in Crystal City. And uh, finally, one day, Paul Burke uh, said, "Mike, uh, let's go have lunch." And and, you know, the rest is history, as they say. That was about four and a half years ago, more than almost five years ago coming up. So, so today you're, uh, you're the president of Definitive Logic and also, as you mentioned, the uh, chief customer experience officer. First of all, can you talk a little bit about uh, your role as president and how that uh, relates to what Paul does as the chief executive officer and also the chief customer experience officer, which I think is somewhat unique uh, in Definitive Logic. And sure. it's interesting how they've matched that with the, the president role. Sure. So uh, I guess as the president, as the president, my role there is uh, whatever Paul doesn't want to do, he gives to me. No, just just kidding. Um, you know, Paul's a CEO. He, he's he's run the company for 20 years. Uh, he's got a vision. Um, if he's out, you know, if he's taking well-earned uh, leave, uh, I'll step up. But I, I bring my experience uh, leading large organizations. When I was in the Air Force, one of my commands was the Group Command Mission Support Group Command at Ramsan Air Base. I had 4,200. 
uh, airmen and, and civilians that worked underneath my command. Um, so I've always been a student of leadership. So I, I love taking care of people, which is our number one priority. And so I, I try to balance that out. And he's, you know, Paul is a, is a systems engineering background. So he comes with everything from a very different perspective than me. And so I think we work really well together in how we can, you know, lead the company to, uh, to the future, take care of our people, take care of the mission, grow the business by doing the right thing, producing outcomes for our customers. So that, again, coming back to that experience in the Air Force, uh, we've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, your, gives you obviously a lot of understanding of the Air Force, but also understanding of people. Um, you know, do you see, did you have greater insight now, you know, based on where you're sitting in understanding Air Force requirements or service requirements uh, writ large by having that background experience? And, and also from a people perspective, what, uh, you know, how does that influence how you develop uh, your people and like, what kind of a corporate culture you want to have there at the Definitive Logic? Oh, absolutely. So, so, you know, with my customer experience hat on, uh, putting myself in the shoes of our government customer, um, I have check-ins with them at least quarterly, and I'll, I'll say, no kidding, how's the team doing? You know, how are we communicating? Where can we get better? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so we'll, work, we'll talk through that, and I'll just try to be a, a customer advocate and bring that feedback back to the team that says, hey, guys, you know, we're doing great on these things, maybe not so much here. Let's work on tightening this up a little bit. Um, and, and so I think that that seems to be working well. I don't think many companies have a, a CXO, Chief Customer Experience Officer, um, and, and also gets, you know, keeps me plugged into our teams, our delivery teams with our, our program managers or, and our, de uh, our developers, our solution architects, uh, our cloud guys. So uh, it's, it really keeps me uh, you know, you know, rooted there with what they're doing and see if I can help uh, you know, facilitate any, any you know, positive improvement on morale, team building, collaboration, whatever it might be. Now, uh, Definitive Logic has been uh, very vocal and active in the area of PPBE reform. Uh, and uh, as a disclaimer, uh, we'll say that you know your uh, Chief Technology Officer, uh, Michael Conlon, is the chair of ASMC's PPBE reform task force. So first of all, thank you very much for lending uh, Michael to us in this capacity. But why does Definitive Logic have such a passion for PPBE reform? Well, first of all, you made a great selection, Michael Conlon. Um, I mean, it's with his experience uh, on the outside, the also working inside as the DOD's first chief data officer. He saw close hand, firsthand how the process could probably use some tweaking to put it mildly. So he's excited um, to lead that task force. And I think you probably saw, I know we, our open letter to the committee, you know, picked up some press and picked up some momentum there. Um, but yeah, we're, we're excited about uh, trying to influence uh, the, task, the task force, work with the, uh, the commission that's uh, congressionally mandated with uh, Bob Hill, Laura Sayre, um, to see what we can do for PPBE 2.0. Because um, I think there is room for improvement. And uh, our passion is we, we, we know what works in the private sector. We, want, we know we have a lot of folks that work from the corporate world. We know how they can make decisions quickly. And they're not waiting to you know, submit a palm five years out that as soon as it hits the, the, the floor of, uh, you know, OMB or OSG or Congress, it's obsolete because guess what? Our adversaries change, right? Uh, market conditions change. Inflation uh, indices change quickly. And so we need a system, a PBS system and a model that's very agile. That can turn on a dime. And some people may say it does. Uh, probably not because the systems just don't support it today. It sounds like, though, what you're saying is that uh, you know whatever the reform looks like, PPE 2.0, it's not going to be just a government solution. It's got to have some 
commercial aspect to it as well, or drawing off of some of the best practices in the commercial sector? Well, I can't guarantee you what they're going to come up with, but I hope they, you know, I hope they listen to the, uh, the corporate world and industry. And uh, I, I like to think that we have some good ideas. I mean, we have a lot of former, you know, senior comptrollers. Um, in fact, uh, you know, one of the people that's on our board of directors, Lisa Disbro, is on the commission. Um, so I know she has thoughts from her time as the uh, comptroller for the Air Force and also the undersecretary of the Air Force and where, you know, the DOD and the federal government, government from that standpoint can, uh, can improve on how they allocate and execute resources. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about uh, your board of advisors. Uh, you do have a board of advisors. You also have, as I understand, a fiduciary board as well. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the difference between those two and what value, uh, uh, difference in values do, do each one of them bring sure. to the table for you? Sure. Well, I'll focus on the board of advisors. So uh, we have a board of directors basically that, you know, it's, um, there are guiding life. So we, we produce a, uh, I go through the, uh, the process of quarterly briefings, um, but more than that, they're, they're there as mentors and they're as sensors uh, to guide us. Um, they'll help open doors for us. Um, you know, like I said, Lisa Disbra is one of, our, uh, one of our key board of directors there and it brings her stature, her, her experience and other boards, boards as well. They help us uh, navigate from this small business where we were to now competing with the big boys and girls. Um, so from our, our standpoint, we didn't have that until two years ago. And that's something I think Blue Delta, our, our, our capital investors, uh, brought to the table as well. Yeah, I was going to ask that. At what stage of the, of the growth cycle do you think a small company should bring in a board of advisors? Uh, is there a certain point that makes sense that yeah, we need to bring some advisors on board? Because we're at that stage, we're competing with uh, for larger contracts. You know, What is that uh, break point? Uh, it's, you know, I, I don't think you could probably do it on day one. Uh, I, th I think you could you could benefit from day one. Why wait until you get to you know 50 people, 100 people, 300 people? If there's somebody out there, if you if you are focused on financial management uh, and you're going to start a business tomorrow to to uh, revolutionize how the, the 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 DoD or federal government does financial management, whether it supports advisory services, staff augmentation, whatever it might be, why would you not reach out to have somebody as a board of advisors, somebody who's been there, done that, maybe on the government side or maybe on the corporate side, to be that mentor? So who are uh, who are Mike Munson's mentors? Uh, you know, you obviously you got your board of advisors there yeah. who's there to help you in a kind of an official capacity. Yeah. Uh, but do you have any mentors of yourself that uh, you reach out to that you want to mention, or maybe just the type of mentors that? Sure, I mean it's uh, it's I mean I don't think we have enough time, but uh, <laughs> my list of mentors and how I got to where I was in the, in my career in the Air Force and really where I am now in the Dependent Logic, uh, a long list of mentors. In fact, I ran into one yesterday at the uh, Air Force Summit hosted by uh, the Potomac Officers Club, uh, Mark Dillon, uh, wing commander at Ramsan Air Base, who hired me out of the FM crew to be a, you know, a real uh, group commander of 4,200 people, the largest mission support group in the Air Force. Took a chance on me bringing this comp drill in to talk mission stuff and saw him yesterday and we caught up, it was great. So he's, I mean, I have mentors, whether it's a General Welsh, who was my uh, four-star boss at uh, at Ramstein as a, when I was the comptroller there to Jim Martin, uh, who I've worked with a couple times in the Air Force, who also is on our board of directors. Um, and then it's, yeah, a lot, a lot of reading, a lot of mentoring along the way. And yeah, it's, I am, I'm the product of all their wisdom they've passed on to me. Yeah, none of us would be where we're at if it weren't for uh, a lot of mentors who helped uh, lift us up. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, you know, I think we all have a responsibility now to, to help lift up a few others. Absolutely. Great. I'd like to thank today's guest, Michael Munson, President and Chief Customer Experience Officer at Definitive Logic, for his insights into Definitive Logic's corporate governance, strategy, business model, and culture. 
Watch us again next month, where we will bring you inside the companies working to drive transformation in the defense sector, to hear directly from their business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. I am Rich Brady, CEO of the American Society of Military Comptrollers, and thank you again for joining us. You are listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search ASMC. Thank you for listening to The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network.